Green Acres Garden Podcast is the podcast that will teach budding gardeners like you to grow your green thumb. For whether you're a newbie or a seasoned horticulturalist, you're sure to learn something new. Enjoy our conversations with community gardeners and gurus from Green Acres Nursery and Supply. We'll answer questions you didn't know you had. Well, hello there, plant lovers. Thanks for tuning in to the leafiest show around, the Green Acres Garden Podcast. I'm so glad to be here. I'm your happy host, who right now kind of smells like compost, Kevin Jordan, the lawn lad this week. You know, it's been a wonderful week out in the garden. I've been uh, planting seeds and seedlings uh, like a wild man uh, out in our, creating a nice, beautiful fall garden. So I am so excited for this episode. Back in studio, we're going to be talking uh, all things fall lawn care this week. But before we talk about that, we've got to introduce uh, my my partner in crime, Austin Blank, my fescue fella. How's it going there, Austin? Hey, Kevin. I'm doing great. I'm also doing some fall planting, and uh, I've got a little dirt under my fingernails right now, and it feels great. Oh, awesome. You're in the club <laughs> already. I cannot <laughs> wait. Wait, what'd you get planted? Uh, so, like I said, last week I was talking about all the stuff I want to direct sow, so I've got the garlic sets in. Nice. I've got the two kinds of kale. I've got spinach. And two kinds of radishes in Ooh. as well. Oh, and a broccoli. And a That's broccoli. a great combination. Yeah, we've got the carrots in, beets, peas, cilantro at the school right now. A lot of carrots. I'm so excited to grow those right now. Uh, just tons of that. But broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, it's all in. We're stoked. But you know what? we got to set our sights on some other other uh, activities right now in the garden. Yes. And that's our fall, our autumn, our cool season lawn care. We're moving in to the fall times. And we're, we want to uh, prepare our lawns and our, our, our grass turf to be healthy through this season. We also really want to have a just an awesome spring and summer next year. So we have a great little interview with a longtime guest friend, uh, Julie Barber. And so we're excited to have her. She has so much knowledge to share and we'll be talking all about fall lawn care. What do you think, Austin? Oh, I'm I'm ready to go. And you called me a fescue <laughs> right now. The fescue fella. That's my nickname this week. Now, this has come up and in our interview with Julie, I think she mentions fescue. And I forget what that is. What's a fescue again? It's, it's a name for a type of grass. So for okay. some of our lawn turf, it's usually a mix of, of seeds. You know, you got Kentucky, uh, you know, bluegrass. You got your fescue mixes um, and some bent grasses. There's uh, rise. And so uh, for fescue, that's, you know, that's, that's your grass uh, alias this week. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll be the fescue guy because we're talking all about our lawns today. And like you said, we've got the wonderful Julie Barber back and we sat down with her. I think she's been on the show like I think this was her fourth time. So big, big shout out to to Julie. Thank you. You're she's an angel. a golden guest. Oh, it's the best. And um, she'll be on maybe, you know, on her fifth time on. We'll have to get her something special. A patch, you know, a vest, <laughs> something, something to recognize her yes. in public, distinguish um, her. But yeah, so she she kind of helps break down everything we can do to keep our lawns looking spectacular, and um, how to take care of them in this fall season. So uh, we sat down with her at the Citrus Heights Green Acres, and let's go ahead and jump into that interview now. All right, well, Julie, the Buttercup Barber, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. So, Julie, it's so great to have you here. Um, I've been looking, it's that time of year, it's fall, uh, the autumn season is upon us, and we're looking to, to maybe spruce up our lawns a little bit. I know some people maybe either have let them go completely over the summer, or you've been you know, holding on to them with, with your clutches, trying to keep them alive. And I want to uh, maybe go over some, some techniques and best practices of some things that we should be doing right now out in our garden to ensure we have a nice, healthy lawn. Oh, excellent. And you're right. The timing is absolutely perfect. In the fall, your soil temperatures stay warmer. In our area, maybe as late as Thanksgiving. 
which means you have the best germination rates of the whole year, hands down, an excellent time of year where any baby plants you put in, they're gonna develop these big, fat, massive root zones all way before next summer's nonsense. For those reasons, that's why we put in new shrubs and trees, permanent landscaping this time of year. All those reasons are also why we get to look at our lawn and make it start to behave better because it's actively growing, the soil is warm, the temperatures aren't repulsive, there's a lot we can do. A lot of us put in a lawn and lately we're thinking, you know, it's not really serving the purpose I put it there for, right? I don't enjoy going out there. All the bugs jump on me all the time. I'm never quite clear why it's soggy in one part, dry as a bone in another. Should I feed it? Should I not feed it? How high should I cut it? And we just start making ourselves nuts and spending way too much time on a lawn. Does it need to be that difficult? It does not need to be that difficult. It can be a lot easier. Show me the way. All right, so here we go. So we have mature lawns and we have lawns that we want to repair this time of year. So for your mature lawn, let's just review. We're going to mow that lawn at least two inches, two and a half to three inches is also preferable. When it's short, you allow the sun to hit the soil and you end up growing weeds, not lawn. Use the height of that turf to shade the ground keep the irrigation in longer, and stop weed seeds from being successful. You just brought up the W word, weeds. Weeds. Now, the best way to stop weeds is to mow tall. Yeah, when keep you them mow from growing short. in the first place. Yes, so what's great about this, so you have your lawn tall, those weed seeds are still gonna pop, but they're not gonna reach light in time to become a successful plant, which means you've actually killed that weed seed. It's not gonna lay there in wait for so generations. Yeah, you spent it. It's gone, it's over. You're never gonna have to face that trouble again. Well, so what are the other techniques um, for maybe avoiding, I know as the season changes, um, I've noticed different weeds that pop up in my lawn. Uh, I've had some this summer, these little devils, only this one little spot, and it just keeps reoccurring. But I notice that once it gets cooler, those kind of uh, disappear and then they get replaced by something different. Is, am I, is that unusual? <laughs> am I no. a weirdo? No, you are right on track. You are completely normal. We have, what, 17,000 growing seasons where we live, which means every five minutes a new species of weed is going to pop up which means it's really hard to find um, an herbicide that's really gonna do the job because we have weeds that are healthy and growing all at different times of the year. And I live right near a creek, so I'm really not too, too keen on spray, spraying too many, anything too caustic you know, out there. And that's the point, you know, that if we don't find the right control when we buy it and use it at the right time according to the directions, it goes right to the creek. And most of the stuff we put in our lawns, the government has found out that half of it escapes our lawns it ends up down in the gutter, in the creeks, at the water treatment plant. So keeping your lawn tall is gonna keep your irrigation on longer. It's not all just gonna automatically drain into the sidewalk and the gutter. And everything you put on your lawn is also gonna stay on your lawn. You're not gonna lose your fertilizer, lose your pre-emergent, lose your new grass seed. It's not gonna end up in the gutter either. Well, you brought up a lot of uh, great points there. And can we talk a little bit about overseeding and you yes. mentioned it right when we began and so what are the best techniques really to fill in a bare spot or to just broadly overseed you know just maybe a spent yard that maybe just needs a little extra you know push so you're right so sometimes we have um, a spot that's really kind of naked 
and we need to I, take I care have of a, it. I have a naked spot in my yard or two. <laughs> maybe we took out a big clump of some awful weed. Maybe the dog, that's their favorite spot. Who knows what happened? But that spot is now completely bare and open to the elements, and we can't have that. So we need to add some seed. But how you do it really matters. Number one, you're going to rake out anything dead and loose from that area. I have a lot of old leaf material kind of falling in, fresh leaf material from the trees above. So get that out of there as well. Get that out of there. Usually we want all that, right? Soil breaks this stuff down. Yeah, the organic the matter. Soil. But not this time. This time we're going to make a clean palette. And while you're at it, you're going to scratch that bare naked dirt a little. Make a few grooves in it. That helps the seed stay in place. Sounds good. Get it wet before you put down any seed. Once you put it down, if that soil is bone dry, it, that bone dry soil is just gonna steal. Now how wet, like sopping, soggy wet, or just you know evenly moist? Evenly moist, so we're talking well wrung out sponge. If you held a sponge in your hand and squeezed as hard as you could, would any drips come out? Maybe one, maybe two, that's okay. That's what we want, soil that's the moisture level of a well wrung out sponge. Love it. And you're going to make sure that it's wet. You're gonna put down your seed. Now here's the tricky part. On the bag of the seed that you buy, it's gonna say how much seed to put down. It's barely intelligible. Nobody can figure it out. So here's the bottom line. When you look at the soil and you put down the seed, if you put down so much seed that you can't see any soil, it's too much seed. Where your seed is stacked on top of seed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's not gonna work. I need to see little spots of dirt in between. It's like seasoning my, my chicken at home, a little, little yes. salt, a little pepper. That's right, it's seasoning as opposed to a snowstorm. Okay. All right, so it's just that. Then what's critical, so you've got your moist soil, you've got your seed on top, now you're gonna cover those seeds with a little bit of compost or light fluffy soil. But how much you put on top is important. Those seeds wanna sprout and they wanna reach sunlight pretty quickly. So you're only gonna put down an eighth of an inch to just, a, a just to keep them from drying out. Right. So how do you know you put down enough? You no longer see the seed. You put down enough dirt. You put down enough compost. You just want to hide it from the birds. Now you've won. Now, there's always a lot of fun when people come into the nursery and they want to buy the lawn seed and they see that it's a three-pound bag and they're like, whoa, Julie, I just need a smaller bag. Let me tell you now, there's a reason those bags are that size. You might need to do it again. Yeah. Seed can just really get under your nerves. So if you're the kind of person that really has to count carefully or measure carefully, putting down seed might not be the job for you. Yeah, you don't do it one at a time. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, tap somebody else in the household to help you out with this job. And then the bag will also tell you how long it takes for germination to happen. If you don't see it in that amount of time, let's put down Couple some Couple weeks, more. give or take. Yeah, maybe 10 days you should yeah. start seeing some little furry bits come out. But it's kind of fun to watch it sprout up. It is. It's really satisfying, right? Because when they're young, they're all fast. thin and little, and then all before you know it, they mature, and you start getting a nice, like, oh, that little bare spot's now filled in. Like, now filled in. little satisfaction <laughs> from the garden. Like, it's a it. Let's suppose, though, you have that one little patch, and, and you're putting it in the middle of a mature lawn. How you water is also going to make a big difference. That little patch of brand new seed needs watering often, several times a day, but the rest of your mature lawn does not. Because it's already established, yeah. Right, you're gonna make the rest of your lawn miserable. So if you can get a watering can perhaps, something where the water's gonna come out gently, not displace the Don't seed. Don't blast it with the end of my hose yes. and my thumb. <laughs> right, no, none of that. Just gently put it down. Okay. And don't be afraid to do it again. 
Now, I've noticed uh, that, that thatch buildup, yeah. you know, some of these mature lawns, and I think fall is a good time to maybe tackle that. What is a, you know, the best way to really get after it? Should we be dethatching our lawns right now, or is that something that you can put off and wait till spring? Now is the best time to do it because your lawn is actively growing, which means it's going to recover really well. All right, because it's going to fix anything that you did to it by mistake. All right, and dethatching is interesting. It's not getting rid of a lot of plant material. Like if you left the grass clippings on, people don't want to do that because they think it leads to thatch. That's not true. What thatch is, is this stolens and um, roots and bits of actively growing plant material, some of it dead, but generally actively growing, that's in between the soil line and the green stuff of your lawn. And when that gets really thick, that thatch layer, it starts to interfere with how the water gets through to your soil. And this is the time of the year when you're going to de-thatch. And you use this big honking rake, right? And just like mowing your lawn, you're gonna de-thatch the same way. You're gonna go one direction in your lawn, and then you're gonna go the other direction in your lawn. And when you mow, by the way, don't always go the same direction, switch it up here and there. Good to know. But in dethatching, you're gonna take two passes. And you're going fairly deep into all that plant material, but not too deep into the soil. Otherwise, you just took out your turf, right? So yeah. you're just gonna get in there deep enough. Scratch up and all that old pull material. that stuff up and out. And that is gonna make a huge difference. Follow that, follow your dethatching with aeration. So you know there are these hollow tubes that we use that you push into the soil and pull out a plug of soil. It baffled me as a kid. I was like, why are there cat poops all over the soccer field? Tootsie rolls, okay? Well, yeah. There's tootsie rolls all over the yard. Wait, what happened? <laughs> and that's true, okay? So we're gonna leave those on and mow them back in. Oh, nice. All right, so you're not gonna get rid of them. And you're gonna pull those out. Why do I want those hollow tubes? If you use anything else, you're actually just creating compaction. We're gonna reduce that compaction. We're reducing it. So you're gonna pay extra attention to well-trafficked areas and make sure you aerate there. All right, then your lawn's gonna grow a lot better there too. I, I feel like I've, I'm already feeling like a weight being lifted off my soldiers, just, uh, shoulders just emotionally, as you say, I, ripping that thatch off the lawn so they can <sighs> breathe and kind of you know aerating to reduce compaction. I'm like, I'm like, ooh, that feels good. Like, it I feel does. like that must feel good for the lawn, right? Just a so, little bit of fresh, fresh air in the soil. There's um, a section Greg Gayton did for us where he dethatched a lawn and then he went back in a couple weeks and showed pictures of how it looked two or three weeks later. It was unrecognizable. It looked so green, so healthy, so amazing. You're gonna see the result pretty darn quickly when you do this. Should we be fertilizing them right now? Because I want my lawn to do its best. Can I, yeah. can I feed it? And if so, what should I be feeding it with for best results? In general, plants get fed as a reward for having grown, not to kick them, kickstart them into growing. And right now, almost all of us have a mixture of fescue and bluegrass, which is growing right now, which means we feed them. And when you go look for a fertilizer, all fertilizers have three numbers on the front, nitrogen, phosphate, yeah, and potash, NPK. NPK. That's like lesson number one at the school. A lot of times when you look at lawn fertilizers, you'll find it only has nitrogen. None of the other two numbers. This is the time of year when you wanna make sure you have all three numbers on that bag. If you only give it nitrogen, it's gonna be green and it's gonna be awesome but the roots aren't being fed, not being fed at all. And reminding yourselves that the fescue that most of us have in our yards can have a root zone of two to three feet deep. 
Okay. If we only feed it nitrogen and if we only water it two inches deep and if we keep cutting it short, that root zone is never going to get deep and it's always going to be looking kind of sad every time you turn your attention away from it in the summer. So get a complete fertilizer. Speaking of fertilizer, you've heard of grass cycling? Tell me all about it. So mowers have this mulching attachment on them. Okay. Where oh, they yeah. finally okay. chop up the blades of grass. And when you do that... Just and let it leave drop it on, right in there? Just leave it right on the lawn. And when you do that, that's at least 20% of your lawn's nutritional needs and complete nutritional needs, not just nitrogen. So don't bag it all the time. Don't get rid of it all the time. To make it easy on yourself, remember that you're only going to cut maybe at most a third of the blade at a time. And don't mow on the days that you water because that's when you throw these really ugly bits of wet, matted grass around. Yeah, yeah okay? I've made that mistake in the past. It's like these not good results. Not no, good results. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. these ugly splats on your lawn. No good. So grass cycling is using the blades of grass that you have. You gave it that less than a third of the blade length cut. Your mulcher attachment made into fine dry bits, and it spread it all over your lawn. Decades ago, we only had those push mowers, right? Yeah. And that left the... Now I kind of miss one. They were yeah. fun. And it left the grass clippings on, right number one. Number two, it never gave you the option of lowering it so close to the ground that you were scalping your lawn. So you had fewer weeds, you had a healthier lawn. Now that we're able to give it these crew cuts, thanks to our new machines. Girl, look how tight that looks. Oh, it's just a horror show. We can't do it anymore. I gave my lawn anymore. a fade. Yes. <laughs> it's got to have some height. Okay, gotta height, have some height. height. Even, okay, even now that it's cool. I like that. And when you adjust how you mow, keeping it taller so the irrigation stays in longer, you get to water less often. Not every day, not every other day, maybe every third or fourth. And when that happens, now when you walk through your lawn, you're not going to have those swarms of insects coming up all over your legs all the time. Soggy lawn has those problems. Yeah. Bugs. Bugs, 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 Love that bugs. moisture. Yeah, they're just thrilled. But if you can let your soil dry out a few inches between watering, all those bugs are going to die all by themselves. All right, so Julie, so uh, in my specific uh, backyard, I have, I have a little lawn there, and I have a lot of, I have some oak trees and some sequoias nearby, and they're dropping a lot of leaves, especially now as the weather's changing, a little bit of wind, a little bit of rain, and they're dropping a lot of material onto the lawn. Yeah. Um, do I leave it in place? Is it best to uh, mow it up, grind it in, rake it off? What should I be doing with all this leaf matter from the, uh, from the fall? So if it's not so much leaf matter that it's completely covering your lawn, what I really want you to do is put the mulching attachment on your mower and you're gonna chop up those leaves with the bits of green grass. And you've just nice. made compost, but a really beautiful variety that your lawn is gonna love. If it's too much leaf material and you can't do that, it would just be too much, put your mulching attachment on, put your bag on, collect up that green grass with all those dried leaves and add that to your compost pile. That's a gift of yeah, the season. Absolutely. You've got it made. You've got brown and green right there ready to go. Yeah, your nitrogen and your carbon. But it's nice that you brought up the trees because when people are looking to fill in their lawns, often you find out it's an area that's under a tree. And what happens when it's under a tree is two things. One, it gets less than five hours of light. Yeah, mine's very shady and I'm always battling that. And there's, even though there are shade blends of turf seed, none are going to do a good job if you're getting anything less than four hours of light. 
nothing will work. And at that point, you just need to redecide what you're going to do with that area. Maybe some mulch, maybe a couple of pavers, maybe a couple of chairs. Who knows? But yeah, it's now going to be repurposed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's that it's shady. Reworked because there's nothing that's going to work after a while. Well, we have here, we, you know, I walked the nursery a little bit before, before we recorded, and we've talked about some uh, alternatives to lawn. I know you work with Our Water, Our World. You, yeah. are, you have so much water wisdom. You are water wise, uh, and you're spreading the wonderful <laughs> gospel of utilizing every drop out in the landscape yeah. for whatever you know, reason, whether it be your lawn, your ornamentals, your, your edible garden. Yeah. And so when it comes to lawns, I know some people are ripping them out, they're doing things, but they still want something in that space. They don't yeah. want just rocks or just bare mulch or, you know, or just, just weeds. They want something beautiful that uh, maybe still stays low, maybe has a, yeah, maybe even lower maintenance than a lawn. Right. What are some options uh, that maybe are, could be a lawn replacement? So maybe you have a lawn and it's 2,000 square feet and that's all you've got as far as the eye can see. You could just reduce the size of your lawn and start putting in more plants. Now you're going to have healthier soil and healthier plants, right? And an area you want to use. More plants. That's it. And some of the ones that we are really excited about that maybe a lot of our listeners haven't thought of is dichondra. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's a really, right? really low. You can walk on that one barefoot. Yep, no problems really at all. And it recovers pretty well, and it just looks good. And if it's in an area with extremely high traffic, let's put in a few stepping stones, okay? There we go, yep. All right. Then there's Carapia. A lot of you have heard about it. It's this new alternative from Delta Bluegrass. I saw some growing at the Elk Grove store in their islands. It was pretty cool. Did you Blooming. feel it? Did you feel it? It oh, has yeah. a different feel, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it stayed pretty low. It and it's spread also, out yes. Really fast, yeah. It, it grows so fast. It fills in beautifully. And it's highly recommended for an area with slopes and undulations, okay? So it works really well in flat and topsy-turvy conditions. And then there's something called Asian jasmine. Is that trachelospermum? Yeah, yeah. who doesn't love a good jasmine? Oh my gosh, and who knew it could be that low to the ground and be a part of your landscape that doesn't exclude you, Evergreen? but welcomes you. Yep, yes. evergreen, glossy, glossy little leaves. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah. yeah, and this is the time of year to go to the nurseries. See what's out there, see what's available, and you're just going to be blown away by the options. Absolutely, I would, I would agree. Fall is such a great time to, to you know, put in new plants or make some changes out in the landscape. We always kind of consider it in the summer while you're out there having iced tea. And you're like, I'll yeah. do it. Right now is like, put those plans into action and get out there. Yeah, because nobody wants to do this in August. It's just no, gross out No, now there. is the time. It's nice. Now is the time. And you get to do it up till Thanksgiving because your soil will still be... Warm. Yes. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Stimulate those roots. <laughs> Stimulate those roots. So one of the things I wanted to be sure and let everybody know is that we've covered a lot here today, but there are some great sites to get more information for yourself. And one of my favorite favorite ones, especially for lawn and turf, is UC for University of California, SPACE, IPM, Integrated Pest Management, SPACE, TURF. Now you're going to find out everything you wanted to know. And this is one of the best sites on the IPM site. They have mapped it out. It's accessible, it's understandable, and it's really useful. Another site that's really great is Our Water, Our World. And when you look at... Well, you know who they are, right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's someone that I work with. We do a lot of training in nurseries with staff about the pesticides and herbicides and fertilizers that they have, how do we use them appropriately and keep them out of the water supply. And then the one that OWOW has, Our Water, Our World, on lawn is really useful, especially if you found that you had problems like grubs. OWOW is the one that reminds you that this is not the time of year to take care of grubs. 
Oh, good to know. You need to do that more in the spring because right now they're not really active. They're not going to eat any of the stuff you put down and the damage is done. You're going to wait. Too late. Too yep. late. We, we got to we'll do wait. it. We got to okay. wait. Another one that's great is um, I mentioned before Delta Bluegrass. Oh, yeah. Who's I'm staring green. at some of their seed right now. Yeah. They have an excellent site with lots of great information, and you can find out more about their mow-free alternatives, the native landscaping, all this stuff that they have is fabulous. So, And then the last place I'd like you to think about is bewatersmart.info. Find your water provider. Your water provider has rebates that you may be able to take advantage of right now. If you want Rebates for doing what? Either reducing or replacing your lawn and the rebates are high. Or putting in a brand new system for your timers, for example. I've seen those rebates up to 80%. Nice. Then maybe you need to reconsider how you're watering the lawn and you want to look at those MP rotators. These are ones that put out heavier droplets of water that actually tend to sink in and not be blown away with the wind. So you start to get the penetration into the soil that you need. And these rebates will help you afford the cost of those MP rotators as well. Well, Julie, thank you so much for your time. I learned so much as always, and I cannot wait to have you back. You are so good to me. I love being here. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to come back. All right, that was our interview with Julie. Uh, Miss Julie Barber, thank you so much. Um, okay, Kevin, so is that all the stuff we need to know about lawn care? Did, did Julie cover it all? You know, I believe so. Julie was fantastic. I always learn so much, and I appreciate having her on. You know, really, it all kind of boils down to doing the little things to take care of your lawn now so you can have a healthy fall, winter, and hopefully just a super lush spring and summer next year. And so those things, like she mentioned, watering, you know, continue to give your plants water because even though it's cool, they still need water. So uh, dethatching is so important if you want that soil to breathe and the water and nutrients to infiltrate down. Really, the overseeding now is the time. So that's what she was talking about. She's like, right now, if you want, if you want to thicken up some bare spots or uh, continue having a healthy lawn, overseed, overseed, overseed. And right now is a good time to do that. Of course, feed your lawn, fertilize it. Right now, you'd think as the, at the end of the summer, you wouldn't really need to feed your lawn as as the growth is kind of slowing down. She's like, no, you still want to feed it, um, especially phosphorus and potassium. We talked about NPK this week, the mm-hmm. nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and we'll have to delve a deeper into that in another week because there's a lot more meat on that bone. But uh, obviously, she, she had some great information to give, uh, especially with that the fertilizing right now and pre-emergent. You know, you can if you have weeds that are seasonal in your in your lawn. You can use pre-emergent um, for, um, to basically kill those seeds as they germinate and to keep the problem from even becoming a problem in the first place. Um, adding compost and topsoil to level off any areas in your lawn or to increase um, some organic matter in your lawn, that's great to do as well. So these are all the little things you want to be considering right now. And of course, aerate, aerate, aerate. If you have, a, uh, really, especially for mature uh, lawns, over time, it just gets really compact in there. And that really is what, when you water a lawn, you see the water instantly go off. Usually it's from super compact soil um, or really thick thatch. By dethatching and aerating, you're kind of really going to um, you know, take both of those things off your, you know, off your to-do list because now the soil is a little bit bare, it can breathe, and then now water can get in there and infiltrate as well as air. That's what's going to lead to a nice, health, healthy, lush lawn. So Julie was right on the nose there. She, she had so, so much wonderful 
knowledge to share with us. Uh, I cannot wait to go home and actually put into action to a little bit of work on my own little lawns I've got and hopefully uh, improve the look and life of them as well. Nice. That's great. Oh, so many great tips. Um, That is a great summary, Kevin, of everything Julie went over. Thank you so much. And um, if we do all that stuff, we're going to have more resilient lawns, right? Absolutely. Uh, Everything on that list really leads to a nice, healthy, resilient lawn. One that's more tolerant of stressful times, like a hot, dry summer. Um, that's what we're after. So yes, more resilience is a good thing. That's so cool. All right. Thank you. Big thank you to Julie. And um, that's it for this week. So Kevin, go ahead and take us out. Well, another great week here. Thank you so much, Austin. Thank you again, Julie. And thank you all to our listeners for being here. You know, and I want to think of us all as leaves of grass in a beautiful lawn, all, all together growing. And hopefully we're all doing the things that we need to do to take care of ourselves and each other. So with that, I leave you all for this week. Until next time, garden friends. Happy gardening to you all, and please never, ever stop growing. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Kevin Jordan or his guests. These gardening tips and suggestions may work for you, as well as those from alternative sources. When using any garden products or tools, read and follow all label directions. And learn how to save water while gardening at bewatersmart.info.